you know, I think we're so much more than what it is that we we do. I think we can also have a purpose or what I call a career mission statement that's not necessarily tied to what we're doing at that particular moment that can carry you throughout the course of your career. Hi guys, we're your hosts, Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adults, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, today we are throwing it back to an episode that we released in October 2020 because honestly, it feels more relevant than ever right now. We are talking about how to bounce back from a layoff and what to do if it happens to you with the help of career coach, talent developer, and CEO of Perfecta, Letitia Bird. Yeah, and there have been so many mass layoffs in the tech industry, especially and at companies like HP, Coinbase, Meta, Communitech, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course, Twitter. Yikes, Elon. Yeah, things are a little bleak. And with a looming recession and disastrous crypto market, things are just, they might be feeling more unstable than usual right now. So if you've just gone through a layoff or you're worried about the future of your job, we really hope that this super tactical re-release can help you find your footings and bounce forward. Man, layoffs are so pervasive right now and they can happen Mm -hmm. for a million different reasons just remember that if you have been laid off you are in hella good company anna winter janelle monet amy adams even oprah have all lost their jobs at some point and i'd say they're thriving right now yeah i I, i'd say they ended up pretty pretty well so (laughs) there's hope out there but i know jill you've had some experience with layoffs so maybe you can walk us through what you've been through yeah i mean it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's not a good time. I have been laid off twice uh, since the beginning of my career in the magazine industry. Mm-hmm. And both of them rocked me a lot, although the second time plunged me into quite a bit of depression. And I just feel like I lost my identity. I lost a lot of my worth. Yeah. I just felt kind of hopeless and just really scared about what was going to happen next because I had put so much of my identity and who I was into this job. One of the biggest things I learned was that you need to have a life outside of your job yeah. and you can't make your the definition of who you are all linked to a job because if you lose it, you just completely lose your sense of self. And it took a lot of therapy and a lot of self-work to detach myself from like success. Right. Like, okay, you are more than a job title. You are more than this goal that you've always had. And it's really hard when you end up at the magazine you want, the dream job you want, everything that you've been working towards, you get there. And then, you know, your company shoves 60 people in a room and lays you all off at the same time. And it's, I was shook. Yeah. And the rug is sort of pulled out from under you. And, and that's an industry shift too. Like things yes. change drastically across Canada. Yeah. So it wasn't like you could just easily hop into the same role at a different company. So you had to like pull a Ross Geller and pivot. Yeah, it can be tough, but I did learn a lot of important things that I couldn't see at the time but now I see all the good things that came from it and so there's a lot to take away and you might not be ready to see it now but trust me being laid off can really teach you about balance and about Mm. how harmful being a workaholic can be because I was a I was obsessive I was a workaholic and there is nothing like being arbitrarily laid off 
despite being one of the most hardworking people in the company, right. to give you the perspective that you have to put yourself first. And also look for it as an opportunity to examine your career path because I, I think mm. being laid off many times from magazines made me pivot and explore other industries way sooner than I would have otherwise. You can just get very comfortable where you are and believe it's the only path. And when you get fucked over by a company, it helps you see that there are many ways to get to the place that you want to be. Mm -hmm. um, but Letitia will talk more about that. Another thing I want to mention is the importance of the relationships that you have fostered in the place that you've been laid off by because leaving on a good note is so valuable. Yeah. I got really good opportunities down the road, even recently with previous employers, because even after I was laid off, I worked really freaking hard. I busted my butt to make sure that my team had everything that they needed. I just left with a lot of grace. So you don't want to screw over your team. You want to make sure you're leaving on a good note and you want to network as much as you can, even literally on your way out the door. Like the yeah. first time I was laid off from a fashion magazine, I was like being laid off and immediately booking coffees with everyone I knew in every arm of the business. And it resulted in me not even being unemployed like I was laid off and pretty much a week later I started in a new capacity for a different branch of the company I was working for because I just went to everyone I knew while it was fresh and said hey guys you know all these layoffs just happened I was part of them here's all my letters of recommendation here's everything I have to offer is there any room for me anywhere in the future especially because I feel like it can be really easy to just want to shut down right after that mm -hmm. but if you can channel that those feelings into like kicking ass and networking and getting your name out out there that is just gonna pay dividends tenfold good for you man a hundred percent thanks man so let's talk logistics so what are some things that you can do leading up to a layoff so first things first get your ducks in a row so if you sense something is coming something's gonna shift in your industry do everything you can to prepare for that don't let anxiety consume you and don't be paranoid 24 7 just sort of like low-key get your shit together just in case so Letitia's going to touch on this later on, but that might look like keeping your resume up to date. Literally, as soon as you finish a project or you do something awesome or your boss gives you a gold star, put it on your resume. I do this all the time. Like once a month, I keep it up to date because you just, you never know. And it's always good to have. And you'll forget these things that you do that you kick ass at that should be on there. So just keep note. And just as it's important to keep your resume up to date, it's also good to like you apply for jobs and, and interview or just have a little coffee chat with someone at a company that you're interested in just to brush up on your interview skills so you're not going in cold turkey when the time comes. Another really important thing to do is to set aside money for an emergency fund. So essentially, that's just putting a couple months of expenses away just in case you get laid off or just in case you need that cash later so that you're not in a bind when the time comes and do not touch it. That way it gives you the financial freedom to figure out what you want your next career move to be. You don't have to take the next job that falls on your lap. You can be really strategic about it if you're in a good, solid financial place. And it's probably not the best time to be making risky investments either. So if you don't have an emergency fund, but you do have some investments, maybe think about selling some of the high-risk ones so that you have enough money to put that emergency fund together. That is great advice. And Another hot tip and one of my biggest lessons, keep your portfolio, all of your connections, all of your work, the things you're proudest of, your networking contact list, keep it backed up on a personal computer or on a drive because mm. once you've been laid off, you're going to lose it all. You, like say goodbye <laughs> to that email. Say goodbye to everything you've ever done. Your computer will be taken away. Your email will be closed down and it's all gone. And that happened to me and it was freaking brutal as long as it's you know like not against company protocol all yeah. of that 
all of the corporate disclaimers that I must make, fill them in here. <laughs> Insert here. <laughs> Back that shit up and keep it for yourself so that you have a portfolio and you have all of those connections. That is so you smart. Won't be devastated like I was. <laughs> so smart, especially if you're in a creative industry because you want that portfolio and you'll want it right away. So let's talk about what to do when it happens. Right in this moment when they're laying you off, they're going to have their compassion turned all the way up. They're going to feel so bad that they have to do this and they're going to be very willing to provide any guidance that they can. Ask them for those reference letters or those LinkedIn reviews, anything that could help you and that could capture the value that you had for this company. Strike while the empathy is hot because yes. that's the perfect moment to do it. So now after you've been laid off, you're going to get a severance package and you're going to want to review it very thoroughly follow mm -hmm. up with hr with any questions you have hr is at your disposal you have to follow up with them probably for like tax reasons and for all sorts of reasons after you've been laid off so make sure that you're looking into that looking at all the details receiving the severance that you deserve so canadian law specifies that you are entitled to one week of severance pay for each year of employment that you have with a company but a lot of non-union employees are entitled to significantly more severance pay. And sometimes that's even outlined in your like welcome package when you join a company. So look back to that. Make sure mm -hmm. everything is adding up. And consult with a lawyer if you feel that you've been wronged. And if you're laid off, you will likely not have access to your health insurance coverage anymore through your company. So that's another thing you can look into if you need it. Or you could use it up hella fast if it's still active. Oh, I used it up so hella fast. <laughs> I was like... I had probably a month because that was part of my severance. You still get coverage um, for like a certain period of time after yeah. you're laid off. I got new glasses. I got so many massages. I got like everything you Love could it. get, I was getting. <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind is find out what your next steps are in any retirement plans or company investments that you have because sometimes you have to shift it into a new account by a certain time or there's penalties you have to pay. And you just want to make sure that you have full control over that that money. Um, sometimes there's options to leave it in with the company. But again, maybe get a financial advisor who can help you make those decisions. And you can almost treat it like a like a full nine to five job. Like maybe the morning is self-care and then the afternoon you're reaching out to your network and then the rest of the day you're putting your portfolio together. It's just really helpful if you can afford to be very intentional with the jobs you're applying to. And we understand that's 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 a privilege for a lot of people. It'll just make you happier in, in the long run. And also you can get really tactical about filling in that employment gap. I mean, I know a lot of people, if they have a big gap before they get their next job, they have a lot of anxiety about how to discuss that when they actually do have an interview. It's not something you need to be ashamed of. Like it really, truly isn't. So if you were taking courses during that time, if you're like, hey, I didn't work for an entire year. It was a tough job market. It was COVID. I got laid off. But I did expand my portfolio by taking on some side projects and, you know, started my own little graphic design mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. or, you know, took a bunch of online courses and just do things that can help expand you to be a more well-rounded person. And then you can share that and be really proud of that time during an interview. But we are not the experts. So we called in Letitia Bird. She's a certified career coach, talent development consultant, and founder of Bird Consulting. Letitia works with top talent and organizations on career empowerment, leadership development and diversity, equality and inclusion. She's also a Google digital coach and worked with companies like Universal Music and Walmart. And she's appeared in the New York Times, Vogue Business, Forbes and more. Her resume is insane. She's literally done it all, all the while helping thousands of people thrive in their careers. Teach us how to survive a layoff, Letitia.
So what are three things that people can do immediately after they've been laid off to better their position and just make themselves a more hireable in this really tough job market that we're in right now? The biggest thing is to not take it personal. And there's so many people that reach out to me when they have been laid off and they really internalize that. And they think, well, it was something wrong with me. It was something that I did. But look at this economy that we're in. There are so many other people that are being laid off right now. And so the biggest thing, number one thing is to not internalize that, to not be or feel guilty at all, and to really take it as, you know, a blessing in disguise. Like maybe it was time for you to move on, right? And I think for even the clients that I've worked with who have been laid off, they've said, you know what, I was actually really unhappy here anyway. So, I mean, getting laid off really sucks, you know, wouldn't put it on anyone else, but I think this is now leading me to the path that I really, really want to be on. Second thing is to make a plan. Think about what type of companies you want to work for. Think about the type of positions that you want to work, that you want to do, and also what it will require of you from a positioning perspective to get there. Do you need to work on your resume? Do you need to update your LinkedIn? Do you need to you know, brush off that little black book and go through your connections um, and figure out who you can get plugged in with. And then the third thing is to actually execute on that plan. And I'm very distinctive in splitting those into two because sometimes people will jump straight into, okay, let me apply, let me apply, let me apply. But then sometimes if you don't have a strategic plan, if you don't set a goal of people to talk to, you know, jobs to focus on, like you're going to really not be as efficient. I love that. That's great advice. I've gone through a few layoffs myself. And I know that I kind of lost my mind if I didn't have a strategy, like you need to almost operate as though you have a job, even if you don't have a job, because that's how you get a job. You need like a strategy and you need to know what you're going for. And you need to start like reexamining your, your toolkit and your skills. You need to have a a schedule. You need to have a strategy. Our bodies don't really do well with big adjustments. And so when you go from working every day to not doing anything and not like having any goals for the day, I mean, that can really start to, to mess with your mental. Going back to what you said about internalizing job loss, even if it's, as you said, even if people can realize that it's not personal, I know from experience that it can really shake you emotionally and mentally, not just financially, and it can kind of unsettle your self-worth and Mm -hmm. your identity and your confidence. So how can you bounce back from that blow and use it as an opportunity for growth rather than for just kind of hating on yourself? So the biggest thing is to be vulnerable. People hire people. And so talk to people, ask for help ask for them to look at your resume. We get so caught up in our heads and what we don't bring to the table and what we don't have that we completely overlook what we actually do bring to to the table and we diminish our own skills and our experiences and those things that really will make us stand out um, in the application process. So be careful with how we're talking to ourselves. Like we have to give ourselves grace at this time too. I think that's so incredibly important. Do you have any tips on, I know you specialize in confidence and since confidence can be so like anchored in 
what you do and it's like something that people lead with when they meet people oh what Mm -hmm. do you do and it for me it was like a very defining feature of my own confidence and so I found I lost a lot of confidence when I lost my job and then when I got another job a lot of confidence came back how do you help people with that confidence whether they do have work or don't have work like are there any strategies that people can use so I think when we think about our identities it's just so much more than what we do it's really who we are I think we can also have a purpose or what I call like a career mission statement that's not necessarily tied to what we're doing at that particular moment that can carry you throughout the course of your career. So I would encourage everyone to put together like a career mission statement that's not necessarily tied to a job title and what you're doing at that current moment. I love that. That's so great. Kaylin and I were just talking about this in (laughs) in our last episode um, about how a big lesson for me has been finding like a meaning and a purpose and a vocation Mm -hmm. rather than putting like hanging all of my hope on one job. Think about who you are outside of what you do. We're wives, we're partners, we're we're mothers, we're daughters, we're sisters, we're, we're travelers. So you talked a little bit before about having a plan if you have been laid off and why that's so important. Um, But could you tell us a little bit more about what you've coined the career readiness toolkit? Because I thought it was awesome and why it's so important to have one to build resilience if you are laid off. We never stop working on our careers because we're taught that you go to school, get a degree or choose your major, get a degree, get this job. Great. You'll stay there forever. You're retired. Like clearly... That's just not true. We change jobs all the time now. And I think it's great that we are taking the opportunity to explore different things. But again, we're never 100% ready. Like it doesn't stop once we get the job. And so with that career readiness idea, it was more so around how can you make sure that you are always ready for the next best thing and the next opportunity? The best jobs come sometimes when you're not even looking. So what does that mean? It means you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So that means keeping your resume updated always, keeping your LinkedIn profile updated, continuing to network. Those things should never, ever stop. Because one, you don't know when your dream job is going to come that you weren't even looking for, or you don't know if you know a layoff could happen or Let's say you wake up one day and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, right? (laughs) So having that toolkit already like ready to go is going to set you up for success. So you can use your mental energy, actually building your your visibility or your credibility online. You're right. You literally never know when opportunities are going to come. And I mean, that's how I got the job that I'm in now. I wasn't necessarily looking by any means. Oh, wow. But I... My network was good. I had a great relationship with the team. And when an opportunity opened up, I was like, oh, wow. So I love that. I think your network is literally everything. And it's so important to keep those contacts hot, even if it's been like a year. Just, you know, say happy holidays around the holiday time and just kind of keep keep the pulse on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I'm so glad that you said that because that's something that I encourage my clients and you know, my audience is like, hey, holidays is a great time to reach out to folks that maybe you haven't talked to in a while and say, hey, happy holidays. I'm I'm thinking of you. Right. Or send a holiday card. 
you know, send an email and you never know if they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad you reached out because I was looking for someone that has this experience. So networking is really about building relationships, you know, and it's a two-way street. It's relational and it's not transactional. Biggest thing is to not look at networking as like a, I'm I'm taking something from you, right? That's the first thing, right? So number one, before you even go into these conversations is to know that you have something of value to add as well. One, know that it's a two-way street, but also when you think about it, being more relational and less transactional is to think about where they're most active, the people that you want to, you know, really build relationships with. Are they more active on LinkedIn? I will say that Twitter for me is my favorite platform for networking. See where they are more active and like actually start engaging in what they're saying. Don't just jump straight into someone's inbox without doing your homework, right? Because I wouldn't want someone to reach out to me and they're like, Hey, oh my gosh, I want to talk to you. But it's like, why do you want to talk to me? One, what is, what is it about me? So show that you've done your research, um, but then figure out a way to engage with the content that they're already putting out. So like if this person posts a lot of articles and things on LinkedIn, send them a message and tell them that you enjoy their content and maybe some of the things that you've learned and also share an article or something that definitely complements the content that they're putting out or comment on their stuff, share their stuff. Same with Twitter. I mean, you got to meet people where they are. So when you actually do land an interview, how do you advise that candidates broach the topic of their layoffs? Being laid off has nothing to do with your experience and skills. You're not lacking anything at all. It either was a company restructure or they had to cut back financially. So I think that one is you don't have to go into the details of it. Now, the other thing that I see folks do is because maybe they, again, they freaking hated where they worked. It was bad culture. They didn't like their boss. Like they hated it all. And so I realized when folks don't like their work, they shy away from talking about how much value they actually added. Because it's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind thing, you know, once you move past a toxic experience. You don't want to relive that. I get that. But unfortunately, you want to make sure you are focused on the positive, right? Like you don't have to, again, you don't have to go into the details of the layoff and all that and how it happened, but it's, hey, you want to make it about that company, the job you're interviewing for. You could say, hey, like it was a great experience or you don't have to say, you don't have to lie. You can say it was an experience, right? You don't even have to say it was a great experience, but Here's what I did in that role, and here's how it's aligned to this position and, and where I'm trying to take my career in the future. Don't we, we don't give ourselves enough credit for the work that we've done, and that's why it's so important to actually focus on your value add specifically. And especially if you have the interview, like they're interested in you. So although you might think that that gap on your resume is is like standing out in bold red writing, it's really not. Like they're there because they think you're a qualified candidate. They think you're super talented. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back to what you're saying about that confidence piece and just remembering your worth and your value. That's what's important to bring to the table. There are a lot of interviewers that don't really know how to interview. You know, you as the interviewee, if you feel like you're going in a, in a direction that is not actually selling you for the role, it's okay to actually dial it back and to get focused and say, you know, 
I really don't feel comfortable going into details about it. I would love to really just talk more so about my experience and this position. Like it's so okay to do that. And then as a career coach and someone who's obviously talked to a lot of uh, professionals and leaders at corporations, what traits have you seen and has your team seen that you find top talent have that set them apart from others? I think storytelling is a huge skill. And I mean, communication in general, but can you actually communicate your work and your value and what you do to a three-year-old? Like I have my clients, even as I help them with drafting a career brand story, I'm like, explain this to me like I'm three years old and five years old. Because sometimes we assume that the other person knows what it is that we're talking about. And we're speaking either so high level that we're not focused on results. You know, we're not focused on our value add. We're being too general or generic. So, you know, storytelling is huge. Being solutions focused is huge. I love the idea of trying to not not dumb it down, but just explain what you did to a five-year-old because I remember when I, I was interviewing for a role I was practicing my tell me about yourself to, with my husband and he was like I have no idea what you're talking about because I was yeah. using all this like digital jargon and all these like acronyms he's like you gotta you gotta stop you gotta stop we gotta rewrite this yeah so it's like focus on like who you help and how you help them and what are the results from that like if you can get really clear on those three things and then you have your supporting evidence, like you're you're going to be really solid. I was thinking about this like randomly yesterday, enthusiasm and like showing excitement for a role goes a long, long way. Interview fatigue is a real thing. But one thing that I will say is that showing excitement is so important. And I think that shows up in different ways. Because companies actually do wonder like, okay, we, I couldn't really tell this person was really interested or were they just kind of going through the motions? And so if we don't show that excitement and explicitly state that we are excited about the position, um, then they may not be able to tell. And do you have any other advice for people who are interviewing and if there's any like key questions that people should ask in interviews right now to make sure it's a good fit? I, I think that you should make or interviewees should make the interview conversational as much as possible. Ask questions throughout the interview instead of waiting to the end. And that very first question that you would want to ask is what are the three things like you guys just asked me, like what are the top three skills someone needs to be successful in this role? Ask that as early as possible in the interview. That way, when you're giving your interview responses, you can make sure that you are like demonstrating those skills somehow. I mean, it's also like the sales, like interviewing is sales, you know, low key, right? So when I go into sales meetings with my clients, I want to know upfront, like what problems are need to be addressed here? What gaps need to be filled in here? What are you looking for in a consultant? And then the other thing is to always ask about next steps too. Always, always, always ask about next steps. It's so interesting how many of my clients or people were people will reach out and they're like hey I interviewed with this company like three weeks ago I haven't heard anything what should I do and then when I asked well what did they say about the process they're like oh I don't know they just said they would be in touch I'm like oh see now you're waiting right so like just to be inquisitive about the role company and that person too 
So don't only ask questions about uh, the company or the position. Ask questions to that person directly about their experience and what they enjoy and maybe what they don't enjoy, what they find most challenging, because the interview is also an opportunity to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. I love that. I've had to hire quite a few people in some of my past roles, and I totally agree with literally everything you said. Like the candidates that I ended up hiring were the ones that I had like a really good conversation with. They asked me questions throughout. They wanted to get to know me because to your point, it's just as much them interviewing the interviewer because Mm -hmm. that's your potential boss. You need to make sure you like that person too. So you touched on Twitter, but what are your thoughts on using LinkedIn as a way to build your own personal brand and just increase awareness as to to you, to future employers? Because I feel like I've seen a lot of people almost microblogging on LinkedIn. There's a lot more storytelling on LinkedIn, I find, now than there used to be, which is interesting. I'm horrible at LinkedIn, so this is going to, I'm listening very, (laughs) very closely to what you're about to say. (laughs) Well, first thing first, I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier is think about your career mission statement, not attached to your company. Who do you help or who do you serve? How do you do it? What are the results that people get out of working with you? So um, I teach a lot of LinkedIn workshops. And one thing I'll say first is make sure that your profile is complete. (laughs) So the summary, the headline, experience, education, courses that you're taking, certifications, like make sure that someone can actually see that on your profile. A lot of folks have great experience, but they don't really have their LinkedIn complete. So that would be the first, first thing. Even with that professional summary, you know, tell a story there. Like talk about what you're passionate about and what your mission is. And then it's so important to actually be active on LinkedIn. Take it one section at a time um, when you're updating your profile. And then also just commit to spending 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day on LinkedIn. Going in, sending requests, or liking and commenting on posts. And I think you mentioned the the blogging too. I mean, anybody can write an article and post it on LinkedIn. And so that's important. I always encourage my coaching clients to post at least three times a week on LinkedIn so that they can really start to increase like those profile views and visits and clicks and all that. I mean, it's such a great platform to expand that visibility. You know, you can also search for people by job title and company and location. So it's a great way to really have a targeted approach and create a list of the type of positions or the type of roles that you would like to work in or the type of people that you would like to connect with. Um, And you can find those folks very, very easily. On LinkedIn. The goal is to increase your visibility and to expand your reach. And I will say that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with cold reaching out, but just be very specific and clear. Um, I have a friend who works at, at Google and she said people would reach out to her all the time because they're like, oh, you work at Google. Oh my gosh. Like I want to work there too. But it's like, what about her experience? Like why her? You just found a person, you saw Google and you went for it. So instead of doing that, you should say, they could say, you know what? I saw that you went from this company to this. I'm actually doing something very similar and I'm looking to go on that same path, right? Do you have any advice for me or just make it very specific about that person 
Um, and that is going to definitely help to increase the likelihood of them responding. Love it. That makes sense. So one thing we like to ask all of our guests is what's one thing you wish you had been taught in school? There are a lot of things that we just haven't been taught that we literally have to learn on the fly. Not just speaking for me, but also in the work that I do, self-discovery. Like we need to give the youth, even young adults in college, like the opportunity to really learn more about themselves. And it's unfortunate that I was actually doing some research about this last week, but we think that we're motivated by extrinsic things like money, cars, shoes, whatever, but it's really that intrinsic stuff. Like, do you feel fulfilled? You know, do you feel like you can be creative? And so I wish we could take a step back and help people really understand the root of who it is that they are, like, and what do they enjoy? What are they passionate about? What are they interested in? What are they actually good at? Because there's so many folks that go through life and they don't even know themselves and they try to get fulfilled by like a high paying job. And like, I know a lot of people, even people that reach out to me and they're like, hey, I'm making $200,000 a year or more and I'm still deeply unsatisfied. Like I will throw this all away if I could actually like love myself and love the work that I do. Chills. Yeah. <laughs> snaps to that. Oh, oh my God. I, yeah, that hits hard. I couldn't agree more. But it's a never ending process though, you know? That's yeah. true. Sometimes we're, we're scared of ourselves, right? It's the scariest thing probably at the end of the day. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. This has been so great. We would love for you to share um, where everyone can find you and follow you and consume all the great things you put out there. Yes. So I am on Twitter and Instagram, same handle, Letitia underscore bird. I'm very active on Twitter, pretty active on Instagram too. Um, easy to find on LinkedIn. My website is LetitiaBird.com. Check it out. There you have it, guys. We hope this episode with Letitia helps you hold on to hope and realize that good things are still possible, even in a tough job market. We'll leave you with a quote from Maya Angelou. I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. So good. That's what she said. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time.